With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bama Bob momentarily. Max Scherzer and the Mets hmm. finalizing a three-year, $130 million contract. Trent, he will make ten. He'll make more than $10 million for every start that he makes. Pretty good gig if you can get it. That's $43 million a year. How many games he can start? 32, 33? Yep. Right. Ten million every time he takes them out. It's a lot of tickets and a lot of programs. Holy to be selling. mackerel! More baseball. Well, some other time. <laughs> we'll get back. To we it. will. We love it. By the way, you got to be happy as a clam. Oh, Byron Buxton signing. I love the escalators that are in there. MVP voting at bats. It's all about health, and they got it done. I love Byron Buxton. I love mm-hmm. my Twins. Now you need to go find some pitching. Yep. So 10 years, 1,620 games if he plays every one of them. Uh Uh-huh. Over-under is? 1,140? I was going 1,000. Okay. Let's get Bama Bob in here talk some college football. But happy nonetheless. Yes. Buxton is a twin. They needed to keep him. Hello, Bama. Trent and Ken, how are you? Oh, doing great, guys. How are you? What a weekend, huh? What Not Max Scherzer great, but you know, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> really? That's incredible. Ten million every time well, he starts. Well, the thing that, that gets me is, and uh, he says, oh, I really want to stay with the Dodgers. Right. Well, then stay. I mean, you've already made $200 million in your career. Do you really need that much more? So you obviously didn't want to stay with the Dodgers. It sounds anyway. like it. Yeah, money talks. That's yeah. unbelievable. Bama, uh, yeah. I want to, boy, there's so many. The Egg Bowl was front on Thursday night, but nobody cares. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but I do want to talk about Ohio State and, and Michigan. Bama, uh, so wrong on that game. I was completely wrong. I know you were the same way until Harbaugh shows he can win that game. You're not buying in. Bama, they dominated in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They pushed Ohio State around. I didn't think they could. Yeah, I didn't either. And I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad they did. But, I mean, look, it took long enough. What is this? I think this is year six for Harbaugh. Um, it, it was, it was kind of now or never for them because even though Ohio State was playing at an extremely high level with Stroud and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his Heisman chances and I guess front and center, and he really didn't do a lot to, to hurt those. I mean, he threw for almost 400 yards and, and two touchdowns, but, uh, you're right. It was just, it was just a physical, this, this is what you kind of expected maybe two, three years ago when Harbaugh took over that program from Brady Hope. It was, to kind of start rebuilding it. That's what his 49ers teams were like. That's what his teams were like at Stanford. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. But it all came together this year. And, 
but maybe they used last year to kind of build towards this one. I really, I really don't know. Um, but man, you're right. They, they pushed them around. It, it wasn't really a contest. I mean, it was close at times and the score was close, but it always, it always felt to me like Michigan was just in control of that game. And, uh, I think they catch a break. No offense to Iowa, but I think they catch a break with, with getting the Hawkeyes again instead of uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. But now they've got to finish it again. I mean, this, this, because what you don't want if you're Michigan is you don't want to, to put yourself in a position where obviously if you win, you are in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be the number one team if, depending on how the SEC championship goes. Uh, you're certainly, you're probably not going to be any lower than two. Um, and, what you can't do now is you can't drop this game uh, to Iowa. It was a good Iowa team, but I don't think anybody would argue a great Iowa team. And uh, and now be kind of sitting on that whole, you know, I was not going to get in as a Big Ten conference champion. But so now, see, you're in I that think you could make a of- case, Bama, and 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 here's what here's how. And Herb Street tweeted it out, and it would be an absolute pandemonium, carnage, extraordinaire. Cincinnati loses to Houston. Mm-hmm. Yep. Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Georgia wins. Uh, Utah beats Oregon. So you've got Notre yeah. Dame probably, Georgia, and then two spots. Two loss yeah. Alabama, two loss Iowa with a conference, conference championship. championship. And those yeah. are important. Utah would be a conference champion, but they have three losses. Three losses. Already, and you go down that route. Is it going to happen? I mean, you want to probably put together not. a correlated, correlated parlay? And we talked about that going into the weekend for Iowa, and it would have been very profitable. You take Iowa on the money line, and you take Minnesota on the money line. You're talking about a lot of money lines here, but maybe, just maybe, you do that, and you're paying for your ticket to wherever that playoff destination is. I mean, Well, I think at that point, you'd have to put Notre Dame in also. Sure, for sure. You would have to get in the playoff. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, but is a team going to jump from 16 all the way in? We'll see where they are tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be big, and normally the answer would be no Bama. Mm -hmm. I mean, no shot. Right. But Michigan State... Are they going to be any higher than 10? No, I don't think they are. Are they going to jump from 6 to 10? Maybe. I'm sorry, from 10 into 4. I don't know. I just... The the thing is, you're you're going to want... If you're Michigan, you just want to take care of business. You Mm -hmm. don't want to be in that hole, because you're right, okay... You probably have the advantage over Ohio State because you beat them head to head and you won your division at least. Ohio State's not a division winner, but I, you're not. You would not be at that point. You'd be a two-loss non-conference champion, as opposed to Iowa, who is a two-loss conference champion. Right. So, it, um, it, your losses would then be to Michigan State and, and Iowa. So I, I don't. I don't know. I just look. If you're hardball, you just you just got to finish it. You should yeah. finish it. I think you're the better team. Um, you're certainly more explosive on offense, but uh, I that game I, I do give them a lot of credit. I just I didn't see I saw a path for it. You know, the more I started listening and kind of digging in deeper, and and they they just they took they, they had a perfect game plan to win that game, and and that was be physical up front. And man, how about Haskins? Five touchdowns. That was you know Jesus Walker like and. Yeah. Uh, 100, 169 yards on 28 carries against Ohio State, and this is where their, um, you know, their defense let them down, and we we thought that might be an Achilles heel for them, but we just thought their offense could overcome it. But you go back and look at their schedule, guys. Really, you know, it, it really hasn't been 
murderer's row, um, and they've been kind of getting by on great offense, and the defense finally let them down. And But, I mean, how great was that game, though, just in the snow and everything else? Well, not as good as Michigan State-Penn State in, in the snow. It wasn't, was... but, but, yeah, but, I mean, you just uh, – the, the flurries and the cold, yeah. I mean, it just – it was just great. Great. And then you're right, the, the game in East Lansing, the game in, in Minneapolis, it was just great Big Ten, yep. you know – Perfect late, no, late November weather. Perfect. Yeah, this perfect yeah. Big Ten late outdoor game, and I'm you know I'm just glad that the Metrodome is not there anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, no. We don't we get we get Minnesota. No, I'm not, but I'm January. with you. I don't have to sit through it, but I get to watch. Yeah. It. yeah. By the way, many pointed out my my Canadian math is showing, so you're right. Yeah, it's about a million to start. Yeah, not ten a, million to start. It's still, <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of math, here's that correlated parlay: Iowa to win, mm-hmm. Georgia to win, Houston. Over Cincinnati, Baylor over Oklahoma State and Utah over Oregon. The parlay bet on that <laughs> bet is, a buck to make what? Uh, you bet ten, yeah, to win one thousand one hundred and seventy-seven. That's going to pay for your plane ticket, yeah, and maybe even a hotel room. <laughs> Look at I. It's it's a long shot, right? It's a long shot. Well, it's better than a hundred to one. Absolutely, one hundred and sixteen to one. It's it's but it it's, all happens. I watched mine that bird win the Kentucky Derby at hundred to one not too many years ago. It it probably will come down to and Alabama probably also has to get blown out yeah. realistically. But it, there's two spots in this scenario. There is Notre Dame takes one, Georgia keeps one, and there's two. I don't know. I, I do. I think I was going to. Of course not. And, and the first part of it, they have to beat Michigan. And the Michigan team we well, saw one. Saturday was unbelievable on both lines. Yeah. The other thing is, I want to get your guys' perspective on this. The emotional letdown. You For guys Michigan? Know. Yes. Yeah, you guys know, know what Ohio State means. It's, yeah, it means everything. Uh, it does. They talk about it 365. Mm-hmm. And to finally do that, we saw Iowa let down a week later after beating Penn State. There's no, It's not even close to the rivalry. No. And everything that goes into it here. This is a Michigan team that's good, but they're not unbeatable. If Iowa hangs around and stays mm-hmm. there, they have a chance. But the emotional aspect, Bama, how big do you think that is, the letdown, if you will, for Michigan, even with the playoff within their grasp? I think it's a factor just because they've never been here before. It's the first time reaching the, the big the, – the, you know, these seniors have never beaten Ohio State, yep. even the super seniors. They've never beaten Ohio State. They finally get that monkey off their back. Now not only are they in the Big Ten championship game for the first time, these guys, mm-hmm. or the program really – for the first time, because I don't think they made it since they went to this, and now they're in the middle of the playoff stuff. So there's a lot riding on it. So you you have to. You're right. It, it's a challenge for this staff, and I mean, even you could just see the relief on Jim Harbaugh's face for yeah. finally getting over this hump. Yeah. But they're not, and he didn't really, want to leave the field. Did you notice that? The, I his, did notice his security that. Was, was trying to push him to the sidelines. He kept turning around and going yes. back into the scrum. I mean, and it had to be a weight off. Of oh, him. huge! I mean, it absolutely had to be. But it's not done yet. And and honestly, if you lose, Durant, you're right. the Big Ten. All of a sudden, you're just looking at it like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what did we really do? We. It's kind of like A and M. I keep looking at it. They. And I know we'll get to the SEC, but this is a team that just finished up an eight and four season after beating Alabama. They finally mm-hmm. beat Alabama, and it gets them nothing. Mm-hmm. So if if Michigan can't finish this game off and get in the playoff, yeah, they beat Ohio State, but what does it really get them? And back to Trent's scenario, and one thing we know is of all the stuff, if Cincinnati loses, they're out. So it's right. just you know that's another one that in all that chaos. So. 
Um, you know, if Alabama loses, I think they're done. If, you know, but maybe. But if if all this other carnage happens and you've got a two-loss Iowa, a two-loss Alabama, a two-loss Michigan, uh, you know, somebody's getting in with two losses. Would Alabama's loss, even though they're not a conference champion, to Georgia if it's close, be counted, uh, you know, in everybody's favor? I, I, I don't know. But we do know Cincinnati would be history For sure. at that point because they, they cannot, they can't, they must beat Houston in order to even have a shot. And even then, I mean, there's still some crazy scenarios that could happen that could bump them. If you Two-loss really Baylor wanted, team with a win yeah. over Oklahoma State. Uh, Absolutely. It, it, that, that was the scenario. So let's do. Let's go to the Big 12 quickly here, boys. Um, Bedlam, was, look, what a great day. You know what? It's, what an amazing it, day. The game, the Iron Bowl, Bedlam. Hello. What a trifecta that was. Let's do Bedlam. Um, Trent, your thoughts on Oklahoma State, Oklahoma? It was... Choppy, weird, yeah. the fumbled punts on both sides. It just it never had a great groove to the mm-hmm. game, but boy, was it intense. And, and that intensity you could feel coming off there, the exodus of Oklahoma whenever it proves to be, I, I think that reverberated. You could feel that, and you could feel, yep. of course, it's a rivalry. That's always going to be there, but it was just ratcheted to another level. It went from despise and hatred of your rival to even another level there. And that's what made that environment just so, so good. The proximity, just how close everything is there in Stillwater. I mean, you're, we talk about Kinnick so much here, but obviously the tight confines there played into it. It just, it felt like Oklahoma was walking in to a hornet's nest and they played pretty well overall. Of course, there was mistakes on both sides, mm-hmm. but I thought the Sooners showed up better than I know a lot of people anticipated that they will. What an environment though. And for Oklahoma State now, one game, right? Yeah. One game to get to the playoff. Absolutely. And for Gundy, from where this guy was 18 months ago mm-hmm. to where he is today. With the trouble in, the, in yeah. his program, the turmoil. Uh, that's a great point. I'll, I'll tell you one of my other takeaways, Bama. Spencer Sanders is one tough hombre. He is yeah. a tough, tough kid. Oh, he took some shots. Yep. Yes. He's like Taylor Martinez with talent. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, you're right. He stood in and he, and he took them. But I'm... I, I mentioned this Friday. I love that environment, and when it's, I, I like this game a lot more when it's played in Stillwater. And for exactly why Trent mentioned, it's just like a cauldron. <laughs> I mean, the benches are right up next to the stands, and you know those guys are hearing it all day long. The end zones and and everything. Else. I mean, it is such a tight, tight sideline uh, on that. And I think that I don't know if it plays in or not, but um, just you're right. It's, it was just a great way to. To cap it, it was a very choppy game. There was really never that was a great description. There's not, there was no real even flow to it. It was exciting as hell, um, and and just back and forth. And uh, you know, you thought one team had it, and then another team comes back and plays made on on in all three phases and on offense, defense, and special teams. And those games to me are always fun. I mean, Oklahoma scores, and then Oklahoma State busts the kickoff uh, back. But it, it's just. I don't know. That was a fun game for me, and it was just a, a real nice cap to to have that game really mean something, both something on the line for both teams. And and then of course we find out after you know what twenty four hours later that Lincoln Riley probably had the USC in his back pocket uh, the whole time, knew it. And but I, I, I give him credit. I don't think I don't think he coached any less in that game. Sure didn't look like he it. was going to. It didn't look nope. like it to me. He was all over those officials and. That was another thing. That was one of the most poorly officiated games, both sides. I don't think either side, when you really balance it out, I don't know that either side caught an advantage. 
from that, but man, what a poorly officiated game that was. And um, just very inconsistent with the pass interference. You know, what looked like, you know, the same exact play happening on one end doesn't get called and it happens mm-hmm. on the other. But um, yeah, good for Gundy. This is his second trip now, or second time really he's had a shot. And, you know, I guess the other one being when they lost in Ames several years back. But man, all, all of a sudden now, you know, here he is. And can, can you get over the finish line? This is the thing. I mean, you finally talk about a letdown again. Now you got to go play Baylor. Is that really going to excite you? There's so much on the line. Better because be Baylor, so they, to... the Baylor's legit. That kid who kicked Baylor the 62-yarder to beat Iowa State, he had a kick at yeah. the end of the game to send it to overtime. For right? Tech, yeah, and for Tech, and yeah. uh, it just went wide left. I mean, plenty of distance, but. Uh, let's yeah, do. Let's I'll tell you, go ahead, Bab Fisher. Baylor's point. excited to be in this game. I mean, his, Baylor will be up for this game. There's going to be no letdown from the Bears. And Oklahoma State had really better come out and match that intensity. After again, after getting over that hurdle and finally getting to where they want to go, they're just like Michigan. You beat your biggest rival at home mm-hmm. for the first time in years, and you get to the championship game, and you've got the playoff that not only the championship but the playoff staring you right there in the face and can you just go grab it it's it's kind of like march madness when you reach the sweet 16 it's like oh man well you think you've got a long way all you've done is won two out of four games that you need to do to win the national championship well and, and the um the the letdown factor too i mean B- baylor yeah baylor texas tech did not have the feel of oklahoma oklahoma state let's no. do the iron bowl trent uh your your thoughts i mean four overtimes we both felt like harson made a mistake yes. after not going for two at the end of the first uh opportunity to do that your thoughts on the iron bowl trent you know it continues to show the warts of this alabama team that the offensive line is not alabama standards nope the defense pretty good yep but still not elite level mm-hmm. and you just wonder going into the georgia game what it's going to look at and of course we'll get to that on friday but i'm just left left thinking this alabama team's just not great and it's okay mm-hmm. to say that about alabama auburn he had a beautiful two point call it mm. still bothers me mm-hmm. And Finley getting hurt late in the game, too, was all the more reason to do that. He's limping around out there. I get you're at home, but boy, you got a chance two yards to beat Alabama, Mm -hmm. and you kick the extra point. That one's going to sting. And and Bama, I want to get your perspective, because I've heard this, at least on a national level, people saying, if they would have went for two and even not got it, because I've heard Harson's getting a lot of crap down there about not going for the win in that spot. Has it been ugly? And Harson, a guy that maybe has some other circumstances in front of him, how has it been? Has he been getting maligned, as it sounds like he has down there, not going for two in that spot? Yeah, he has, obviously, because they lost the game. I mean, sure. But I agree with you, and, and I think a lot of Auburn fans were the same way. Look, you were 6-5, and five, okay? You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay, you you know, you're going, yeah, you got a bowl game, you know, that might be the Birmingham Bowl, or, you know, who, you know, who really cares? A very minor game, even if you win that game at 7-5, and five, but you get to you get to just ruin Alabama's season at that point. But yeah, he should have gone for two. And that, that you're right. The the two point conversion in overtime, the the, the throwback, the the Lux and Curzon, hell basically. of a play. Yeah, why not run that at the end of regulation? Mm-hmm. Because it would have yep. worked. That yep. was your best two point play. You caught him. You overloaded one side, and everybody's looking that way. And and you're right about Alabama's defense. They're good. They've got a great player in Will Anderson. I mean, star. he is Hutchinson level, yeah. an absolute stud and a star. And they've got some other good players. 
But they were playing against a guy who could not – I mean, they were abs- zero threat to run from T.J. Finley. That helps. Okay, mm-hmm. Bennett can run a little bit. Now you just start projecting forward, and we'll do that uh, on Friday. But there was just no threat for them, very little running game. Bigsby's getting a lot of flack for not going out of bounds and you know leaving the 40 seconds. and Daniel Which made a huge difference, it. but I, I, how can you give the kid flack? He was guided well, out of bounds. Yeah, if he gets, you know, he comes he comes up a yard and a half short, right? And if he gets there, the game is over. Right. You, I think you got to give the Alabama player credit, battle for dragging him out. Totally of Totally agree. Totally in agree. That, in that situation, I mean, I just think he's catching way too much flag. Mm-hmm. They lost the game because they couldn't, you know, with with even with a minute forty, that Alabama had to go ninety seven, ninety eight yards. Yeah. Uh, with one timeout, maybe no, I'm not sure how many timeouts. I think they had one. They had one. Maybe one, right. But, again, I mean, you know, a fourth down conversion to Billingsley, the tight end, um, you know, a freshman catches the ball. And then the two-point conversion, I thought, that ended the game was just terrible defense. I mean, I know that that's your best corner out there, and they've been going at it all day. You're going to leave John Mechie (laughs) one-on-one. I mean, totally isolated out there one-on-one and just a little kind of fade, you know, fake in, go out route. And, I mean, I just, I don't know. I thought it was, Parson is catching a lot of heat. Um, There's some buzz down here that he might be interested in Washington. I don't know if that's true because certainly he would not have expected that job to come open, and that's kind of his area down there. But the buyout is, I think, is just way too big. It's $15, $17 million, whatever it is. So, He's going to be stuck down there. But to answer your question, Trent, yes, they are catching. He is catching a lot of flack down here for not going, not using that play that they ran after the first touchdown, in this after the touchdown in the second overtime, not running that play uh, at the end of regulation or, or when 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 they had a chance in the first one to to to, to ice them and just finish the game, but. Um, again, probably because they lost the game. If, it, if they'd won the game, it wouldn't have mattered. But, uh, you know, that's just another collapse, late collapse for them in a season that, that's just been really, you know, just stop, start, some good things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, you look up and they're 6-6, six and six, and that's just, you know, same old, same old for Auburn. And Alabama is going to the SEC championship game. Uh, we are out of time, Bama. We will preview the championship games with you on Friday in the same slot at 11.05. Thank you, Bama Bob. Have a great week. Always enjoy it, Ken. Well, let's do it again. Okie doke. Good to talk to you, <laughs> Bama right. Bob, as we uh, talk a little college football. Uh, Iowa State men's basketball. Yes. Checking in at number 19. No, what a jump, huh? Unbelievable. Good for you, TJ Otzelberger. And the team. Yes. And the team. What a, what a trip to Brooklyn over the Thanksgiving. I mean, 25 teams, top 25. Top, are, they were, Xavier was 25, Memphis was 9, I think. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Crushed them. Top 25 wins. Crushed them. Dominating performance. The defense is there. All of a sudden. Top uh, number 19 team in the country. T.J. Otzelberger and your Iowa State Cyclones. Good for them. We'll come back. Speaking of Iowa State Cyclones, Michael Swain covers them. For CycloneAlert.com. We'll uh, check in with him next on Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Family Dental. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never-frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic, jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, 
garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale, and West Des Moines. With year-end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515-266-3437, 266-3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Podcasts. Building a better community doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. It takes a team, and it takes time. That's why for 75 years, we at NCMIC have been here working for you and with you. But this anniversary, we're not just looking back. We're focusing on the future, on building Iowa, on the better days ahead, and on how together we can all start taking the path forward. OPHC.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I'm guessing they were in full throat at the end of the uh, game on Saturday. Were there some tears, you think? I mean, the fan base was so... Amongst the media? No. (laughs) The answer is yes. (laughs) I was speaking more about the fans. Just how emotional that Cedar Day was. Of course, we saw before, but it's an end of an era. No, it is. It is. And a great era that it was. Indeed. They reached unprecedented heights for Iowa State football. Let's get Michael Swain in here. He covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com. It's under the 247 umbrella. There we go. Michael Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Thank you guys again for uh, having me on. No, listen, we thank you for what you do for us. Michael, with uh, your reporting over the weekend, and I'm sure like uh, most of the media that follows Iowa State, you were trying to chase what down rumors, etc. You've got the resources of the entire 247 network uh, behind you to help you, and I'm sure you were in concert with a number uh, of uh, of your uh, fellow um publishers throughout the process was there a time that it seemed more likely that Campbell was leaving as opposed to staying from your reporting I think the for me over the course of the weekend I think you became more confident that he was going to be staying I think the moment I worried the most was probably when I was sitting up in the press box after you know Friday night's game where you've got the someone out of L.A. who is uh, a credible reporter traditionally saying that he'd be surprised if Matt Campbell wasn't the next head coach at USC. And when that happens and then you see, you know, what Campbell's post-game press conference was like, I think there was just a general feeling of, oh, is that really the end of this? And I think as you get into Saturday, uh, you kind of learn a little bit more that the wheels are starting to turn on a potential extension or a new deal for Campbell. um, And then you become a little more confident. And then when Lincoln Riley got announced yesterday as the US, next USC head coach. That's when it kind of became clear that, all right, it really does seem like Matt Campbell will be here in Ames next year. Mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Times this morning, just let me read this paragraph, Trent. Backup plans were in place just in case Riley opted to stay. Consideration was given to Baylor's Dave Aranda and Iowa State's Matt Campbell. During the weekend, Campbell emerged as the top option behind Riley. The belief was that the Iowa State coach would accept the job if offered. Now, I don't know if that's Brady McCullough who wrote the story or it's somebody in U- inside USC that's telling him that. Do you think it got to that point? Do you 
Do you ever think that Campbell was, if he was offered, do you think he would have accepted? I'll put it that way. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it would have taken a lot for that to happen. I think that you look at what Matt Campbell has at Iowa State in terms of alignment in the athletic department, in terms of what he has in a relationship with the athletic director. I think there are a lot of things that it would take to get Matt Campbell to leave Iowa State. Um, but I think at the end of the day, too, I think there's the old adage that you're never offered a job you don't take. Um, so, of course, it would come out that you know Matt Campbell's secondary and maybe Lincoln Riley was kind of the first person that they looked at in general, too. I think yeah. it's just at this point, once things get official like this, I think there's a lot of maybe posturing that sure. happens to make it a, a certain storyline fit. But I think it would have taken a lot to get Matt Campbell to leave Iowa State. I still do think it will take a lot to get him to leave Iowa State just because you look what he has and what he prioritizes. It does check a lot of boxes. The NFL last year, the Jets, the Lions, both uh, went after Matt Campbell. We haven't, of course, got to that point. Once we get to January and we get to Black Monday, do you think this starts up once again? Or has Matt Campbell, turning down that offer from the Lions with the huge money that looked like he was attached to it, did he close the door, at least on that front, in your mind? I don't think so. I think, again, it comes down to the right situation. I don't see Matt Campbell as someone that wants to go work for the Detroit Lions or the New York Jets, two organizations that traditionally... Um, uh, maybe chaos is the right word with them. I'm not sure, but you know, I think it would take again the right situation, the right NFL franchise to get Matt Campbell to leave. Now, I do wonder if if the extension does happen and gets announced, you know, this week or something. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that does shut the door on I that. Or would, yeah. I think the big thing to look at would be the buyout number because right now it's at four million. We'll see what happens if you know the new deal does come through. What mm-hmm. that number is at because. Four million is not going to deter nope. very many people. It's just one year of salary. Um, now it's different than the twenty-eight million that you see out there. That's if Iowa State were to fire Matt Campbell. So there's two different numbers, really. So I think for me, when I look at what the next month, few months, it looks like, the buyout numbers really is the key for me. Uh, well, you got to get to basketball. They were ranked number nineteen, but want to finish up on mm-hmm. football. And speaking of finishing up, uh, Brees Hall finished up, in my opinion, his Iowa State career. There's no way in hell he should play in the bowl game. His career should have ended on Saturday night, walking off the field with TCU with an NCAA record in hand, another four touchdown, two hundred yard performance. I mean, what, um, what, what are you hearing along those lines? Brees Hall apparently came out and said he'll make the decision on the NFL sometime within the next week. How many Cyclones do you think now, and I know he asked this question last week, um, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if Brees Hall played. Will he be the only one that decides that um, uh, that they're going to you know, not risk being injured because the NFL looms? Yeah, I think in terms of the broader number of guys who could elect to opt out of the bowl game, I do think that will be a little lower. I think someone like Brock Purdy will play in the bowl game. I do think like Charlie Kohler will as well. Um, I really think that for Brees Hall, it comes down to you play the running back position and you only have so many carries, you know, unless you're Derrick Henry, right? You only got so many carries that you have in, in kind of your NFL career and in your body in general. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brees Hall did decide to not play in the bowl game, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he decides to go through the practices and kind of take 10 carries in the bowl game and let Jairo Brock get the majority of it. I think either way, I really won't be surprised, but I would be surprised if Bruce Hall says he's coming back because he's someone that you look at the draft boards, late first round, second round pick type of guy. I think you'd be kind of crazy to come back because he can go make a lot of money and start that clock of just getting real money, which I think, you know, he's made some stuff off NIL, but NFL money is different. It's generational wealth too. So I do think that even if Bruce Hall did play his last game, I mean, what a way to go out Mm. to just an incredible performance.
It was amazing. Incredible performance in Brooklyn for the men's basketball team, beating Xavier, then finishing up by beating Memphis and just dominating that basketball game. This team can play some defense, so what have they figured out? We talked about, you know, just a week and a half ago, they struggled against a bad Alabama State team. What's changed? What is getting better in your mind from this Iowa State team to beat back-to-back top 25 teams? Yeah, I think the three-point shooting has really been the big thing. And when you look at the Iowa State team, can, in terms of what you know you're going to get from them night to night, you know you're going to get really good defense and you know you're going to get shot selection. And I think when the three-point shots are going in, Iowa State's kind of a hard team to beat because they're playing such good defense right now and they're forcing turnovers, getting out in transition and creating points that way to when all of a sudden you add the three-point basket into that. If they're shooting 45 50% from three like they did at times in Brooklyn, they're just a tough team to beat. It's They do so many things well, and they don't make a ton of mistakes. I think at times they do struggle turning the ball over, um, but the offense isn't mm-hmm. stagnant. They're constantly moving. And I think the thing that impressed me the most against Memphis especially was the way that Iowa State saw the game out. This wasn't a team that all of a sudden they got up and they're like, oh, let's just keep shooting, let's do this. They were winding down the shot clock. It was getting down to 10, 5 seconds, and then they were taking a shot. That's just an experienced team, I think, that, is showing that even though they didn't win a lot of games last year, you know, got a lot of guys in there, mm-hmm. Gabe Kausher, Isaiah Brockington, guys that have kind of played at this level and won games to where they're kind of allowing the team to really see out these games and make it tough for teams to come back against them to where Iowa State's jumping out and early leads, and then these other teams just can't come back because the defense is so good, and then once they get up, they just really chew out the clock. Uh, and Aruna looks like his game's starting to, uh, he's finding his game. at uh, Jazz Koontz, what was his story? He was sick. Go take us back to the um, you know when when camp began after the summer. Apparently he was um, he had to battle some kind of illness and really wasn't himself until you know the uh, until the last couple of weeks. Is that is that his story? Yeah. So let's even go back further to the start of the summer um, because he gets on campus and from everything I heard, he had some stretches there over the summer and kind of the scrimmages and practices where. He kind of took over games and was one of the best players on the floor for Iowa State. And you get into kind of as the season approaches, and he has a back injury that T.J. Osselberger said this season kind of set him out for a month. So I think you saw through kind of the first four games of the year that he was kind of just working his way back, getting back to being in kind of game shape and playing in games at that intensity. And now you're really seeing, I think, the player that Iowa State thought they were getting, which is someone that's high energy, can play the four, can play the five if you have another big guy out there with him. And, I mean, the three-point shooting has been great. He's taken mm-hmm. charges left and right. Just in general, brings a lot of energy off the bench for Iowa State. And, and, you know, the center position hasn't been great, but, I mean, the power forward position, really good. And so I think Coons has played a, a big role in Iowa State's success here over the last kind of start to the season. Tyrese Hunter, of course, we, we know he was a dynamic player coming in, but defensively, dude's averaging over three steals a game. How does this happen? Really? Wow. How, how does a freshman come in there and be able to play at this high level defensively? Jeez. It's no surprise. Kalsher's always been a good defender. Yeah. Brockington, you know, was going to be good on that side. How's it happen with the freshman playing at this kind of level? Yeah, we talked to him about that today, actually. We just had a media availability with them. And I think the thing that he said was that was his identity in high school, that when he got to his high school in Wisconsin, that the coach didn't let him have the basketball for the first few weeks where he said, you're just going to defend, you're going to find new ways to impact the game. And he takes pride in that. He really likes being, you know, having the, the macho thing where you say, hey, you did not score on me. And that's a big deal for him. And so I think you've seen him know that game in and game out, he can bring the energy. The three-point shot may not be there every game, but his decision-making can and his defense can. And you've seen that it leads to easy buckets for him in transition. It really creates opportunities for Iowa State offensively that were even if 
Tyrese Hunter isn't shooting well from behind the three-point arc, he's still finding ways to impact the game. And so his defense has been great. He doesn't look like a freshman at all. He looks like one of the more experienced guys on the team. And you contrast that against some of the freshmen that Memphis has who were the top of Hunter's class. And I think Hunter looks a lot more like the established college player than those two guys. Uh, what are you hearing as far as uh, we got like 15 seconds left? Campbell, mm-hmm. might there be a press conference Wednesday? Are you hearing that? To announce I an extension? Press co- yeah, I don't know about a press conference. They didn't do anything last year okay. when his extension announced, but we'll have to see. Look for something Wednesday maybe? I maybe before Wednesday. Okay, interesting. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. As always, Michael, thank you. Yep, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Michael Swain on Iowa State. This from Brett McMurphy. Teams ranked in the top 16 this week's AP poll football-wise. Future Big 12 teams, five. (laughs) Future SEC teams, four. Big 10, four. Pac-12, two. ACC, your favorite conference, none. And Notre Dame. You know, Clemson's 9-3. They're coming on, but it's, I mean they've been great defensively all year too. Yeah, yeah. That was did they cover against South Carolina? How, how did I miss that? Game? Yeah. How did I not pick Kentucky to beat Louisville? Anyways, so many what ifs. Yeah, isn't that sports, right? Yeah. Uh, how did you do in your picks? Not good. Finally took a step back, one and four. So I beat you this you week. You got the T box at two, t- two, two and yeah, one. I'm up eight games. It's That's fine. True, you're for your hey, we got a long. We go all the way through February, Indeed. though. Indeed, I'm all for it. Yes. We'll come back. Picking of picks, Mister Monday Night. There's a pick'em game tonight. Washington, Seattle. I'm kind of intrigued by this game. You are. I like Taylor Heineke. I'll be watching a lot of hoops. Well, I was at six though, so they should almost be done by the fir- time the first quarter comes to an end. And right? then Illinois Notre Dame after. Mm, that's pretty good, too. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Market homeowners have questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515 515- 528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com that's renterswarehouse.com Renters Warehouse Des Moines you can't buy happiness the chicken coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations the chicken coop has the best fresh never frozen wings buffalo garlic jalapeno buck nasty tropical heat pepper teriyaki garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. 
right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800. You remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series. It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. Bets off. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Mr. Monday Night. It's a pickle. It's Washington. It's Seattle. There's plenty of college hoops. The Hawks and Virginia collide in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at 6. Uh, Notre Dame, Illinois follows that. Pretty good in its own right. What are you doing tonight? Mr. Monday Night. I don't get this line. What am I missing? Who do you like, Seattle? No. God, no. You watch that Seattle team? I have. I didn't like Seattle. I like Washington. They're hideous. Russell Wilson's not right. Nope. Nope. Not by a long shot. You mentioned Heineke. They have some semblance. And since Chase went out, they've been a lot better defensively. It was the defense that we kind of anticipated we were going to see this year. And there's murmurs that maybe he wasn't exactly playing team football here. Ah. It almost feels too easy, doesn't it? So you're taking Seattle? No, (laughs) I'm not. I'm going to be on Washington, but just looking through, I want to see you know the betting percentages. Something that I always Mm -hmm. like to look at and see exactly where my view is in a game. Looking right now, Washington fifty three percent of the tickets, fifty eight percent of the money. Pretty tight, yeah. I I have to be missing something. Here's the other thing: Seattle opened up as a three and a half point favorite in this game. How? Name. I, I guess. Wilson's back, and we know how impactful mm-hmm. that is. But still, no. The real right, when 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 he's right, he's impactful. It's right, but right. He's not. That's not this guy yeah. all day long. And they lean towards the under too. Forty-seven, the number on that. One. Iowa gets a couple from Virginia. Gonna take the Hoos. Mm-hmm. I'll lay the two with Virginia tonight. Got to see it against a good team, and yeah. we'll see. Well, this. we haven't. Right. It's been six dregs as we anticipated, mm-hmm. and they did what they were supposed to do. Murray was, again, great Friday night against Portland State. Uh, Fran was fired up as they did not play well in the first half of that one. But, yeah, I'm going to be looking at this one and just seeing. This is not a vintage Virginia team. This is not the team that, you know, national champions a couple years ago. That's not what this team is. But they'll still clamp down, though not as good defensively as they are in the past. They're going to slow it down. They're going to try to take Iowa out of what they want to do. And can this inexperienced team overall, are they going to be able to adapt? Can they win a game? 62-58. 62-58. Are they equipped to do that? We're going to see tonight because I think most likely that's how they're going to handle it. I think it's going to be a tight game as well. A uh, fun show today. So much ground to cover. Oh, man. I think we got through most of it. Did you see the tweet right after Michigan had beaten Ohio State? 
I don't know if it was a Michigan writer. Somebody tweeted, it's been 727 days since Oklahoma, since Ohio State beat Michigan. <laughs> they didn't play last year. Right. Went back the other way on it. 727 days since. How, how about the uh, Iowa football Twitter account with the balloons in the air in their victory tweet after Nebraska? I didn't see that. Yeah, What's had, the story on the balloons? I mean, they've done it forever. They have. I don't know the background. I remember reading up on it one time. I know uh, there's been a lot of talk about the environmental damage well, they, that it does. I'm surprised that somebody, that's not a bigger story. Right. In 2021. Right. Talk of, you know, is there something else that can be due? Different kind of balloons on and on and on. My favorite, though, is that Ohio State game a couple years ago. They're down like 56 nothing, And they finally scored a touchdown. And like six sad balloons came floating oh, out of the air. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Just uh, as Black Friday was. What a weekend. Seven in a row. What an incredible weekend. Is that what they've run the streak to now? Boy, oh boy. Block punt changed everything. Murph and Andy at one. Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.